0: 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. And we're going to make it out of here. We got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. She was hired to fix DC's 911 problems. It was
1: the worst I'd ever
0: seen. But instead says she was fired for exposing the failures. The blame belongs in leadership. Now the IT digs into what fueled the mayor's decision. Tonight on 7 News at 5.
1: Are y'all gamers ready for the rootin' tootin' This down-home, caliente, sweet, and spicy, most delicious episode. Yeah, ever done seen. Jake, you're a bastard. What? The people voted and <laughs> uh, given all the choices we provided over on Patreon.com It lost in a Street Fighter lost in a Patreon poll to Mountain Dew
2: and Doritos by two votes, and therefore my week was ruined. <laughs> all I want is to do an episode on Street Fighter. Why won't you give it to me, listeners? Why won't you let me have it? I had to sit here and <laughs> learn about democracy and fucking,
1: and fucking um, all the different... I have a list of the flavors of Doritos. Well, gosh, Holden, sounds like you need to get on my meme level. Ah! It's
2: all about the memes. I kept telling Jake, I kept... Cut this song! Please cut this song!
1: Hold on, wait. (laughs) It's a song about simple life and simple times. All right, look,
2: look. Just listen, everybody. Uh, We, since... I want to say day two of doing this podcast... Jake has requested that we do an episode on Doritos and Mountain Dew. And finally, Jake, you get your way. When do we start this podcast? Every single week he would say, I want to do Doritos and Mountain Dew. And I would go, no, Jake. There's so many other big properties, Jake. We need to do Akita, Jake. We need to do, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings. We haven't done. We didn't do Lord of the Rings on a show called Wizard and the Bruiser
1: before Doritos and Mountain Dew. Lord of the Rings is old bullshit. All right. Lord please. of the Rings is yellowed paper sitting on a dusty bookshelf.
2: Oh.
1: Mountain Dew and Hi, I'm the uh, wizard uh, today, Jake Young. Yeah, <laughs>
2: bruiser, bruiser, hold McNeely. Bruiser, big fat loser. Here's
1: here's the fucking reality I'm about to drop on you. Mountain Dew and Doritos is about having the most salt, the most sugar, the brightest colors, intense amounts of caffeine, cutting-edge science. All to create a simulation of food to the most extreme degree possible for maximum satisfaction for minimum effort. Literally, p- pleasure, earthly pleasure for the lowest common denominator. And what are video games? But a simulation of stimulation in of themselves. The two are inexorably linked. You cannot, nay, must not have video games without Mountain Dew and Doritos. And we're going to get to the story of how these seemingly disparate snack food products ended up becoming lamprey-like latched onto the collective torso of nerd culture.
2: J.R. Tolkien's experience in World War II is what led to him creating the wonderful world we know as Middle-earth. Middle-earth is the home to hobbits, elves, orcs abound. But no, we won't hear about any of those things because we have to talk about how <laughs> the original formula for Mountain Dew was invented in 1940 by Tennessee's Barney and Allie Hartman. The formula was revised in, in 1950. In a way, don't you think
1: Tennessee is... A magical place.
2: It is a magical no, okay, place. Okay, so
1: I actually got deep into the history of Mountain Me too. Dew. On,
2: okay, okay. All jokes aside, I actually had a blast researching yeah. this. There's so much here, and this is absolutely a fundamental touchstone to the sorts of subjects we cover. In this podcast So I, I I, Honestly This is a blast Let's fucking so jump into it To get, it get j- into
1: Mountain Dew You actually have to get into The history of American Prohibition And the soft drink bottling industry That kind of emerged from it
2: Yes we, We'll get it out of the way right now Mountain Dew is like slang for moonshine mm-hmm. Or specifically I also uh, re- read it as um, It was uh, mainly used in reference to Highland Scotch Whiskey As well And I've actually had uh, Scotch Whiskey in the Highlands and it's absolutely delicious. But Barney and Allie Hartman actually made this. This is another one of my favorite things I learned. Oh yeah, yeah. Stop me if I'm like going blowing past things you want to go back and cover. But they uh, they just they they wanted a mixer for their booze. <laughs> In in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and soft drinks, of course, were sold regionally. So there there was some soft drink that they must have really liked as their mixer. Oh, but they, it was too far away to get this on is, a regular occasion.
1: Oh, I'm gonna get it. Okay, so well, this is, is uh, according to according to oral tradition history. Uh, because there are Mountain Dew nerds that actually like did the legwork in journalism to like find out how this magical fluorescent yellow beverage came to be. Um, the Hartman Brothers owned They're, Those are
2: uh, also the slang for the Mountain Dew nerds are doozers.
1: <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, the Hartman Brothers uh, owned a small local bottling plant in Tennessee, uh, one of the hundreds of—actually, I think by by 1920, there were 5,000 independently owned bottlers in America. And, like, uh, some of the bigger brands, like Dr. Pepper and Coca-Cola, were, like, these huge national brands. Uh, Pepsi also entered the mix and became a big national brand. But it was still up to these independent bottlers to uh, distribute. And they would often create their own, like, stuff like Moxie or uh, Vernon's. There's still some regional sodas out there that still kind of are around. But, like, there was an entire spectrum of regional weird sodas out there. Yes. Some knocking off others. Uh, it, was, it was the Wild West in terms of flavors. And um, the Hartman brothers really liked Seven Up. Oh, which was, that was the drink. That was the drink. So ah. the original formula for Mountain Dew did not resemble Mountain Dew as we know it now. It oh was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a almost. It was a kind of kicked up homemade version of Seven Up that was explicitly made to be mixed with whiskey because they also was they also had an incredible drinking culture. At the Hartman plant where, like, everyone would go get shit-faced after hours. Uh, hell um, yeah, they would. One of the key ingredients to help uh, Mountain Dew kind of kick it up a notch over 7-Up was that it contained inc- uh, larger amounts of lithium salts. Oh, because is that t- horribly bad for you? It's it's lithium, like the kind you get when you have a, uh, a, a, a uh, uh, mental health issue. Oh. Uh, it was added to early versions of 7-Up. If you look at old bottles, it was bib label That would lithiated- explain my Nana's uh, medicine cabinet. Go on. Lithiated lemon-lime soda. So uh, as a nice pick-me-up, at the end of a long, hard day, you would uh, just drink some lithium lemon soda with some cheap whiskey and really just drown out your troubles. And it was a regional soda brand distributed by Hartman, uh, the Hartman Brothers bottling plant. For about ten years, and it didn't, re- it didn't, it didn't shake the world. Like mm. it was just another lemon lime soda.
2: There were just a couple of soda nobodies. Yeah. You know? uh,
1: at a certain point, they passed laws, and you couldn't have poisonous metals in your soda anymore.
2: Um, Man, things just ain't like they used to used to be, yeah. huh? I mean, you used to be able to really. Kick it up a notch with your with your soft drinks and your lithium. Charles Gordon and William Schwartz. Should we talk about them? Because they come into the scene right around now. They met the Hartman Brothers on a train, which, of course, is how most people made big business deals back in the day. They would just uh, get together on a train. Uh, uh, they were promoting their soda, Dr. Enough. That's Dr. E-N-U-F for a company called the Tri-Cities Beverage Corp. Now, uh, Dr. Enough was also a lemon-lime-flavored drink, with the slogan, Enough is Enough! And, uh, that, that was kind of their big thing. It was created um, kind of like, as like a hangover cure, and, and, um, uh, they, were, they were all trying to kind of like—well, um, really, the, the approach of Dr. Enough was that it was a, uh, a vitamin-based uh, soft drink as opposed to a sugar-based soft drink to be sort of like a healthy healthier option. Um, so they formed a Tri-City beverage in order to sell Dr. Enough, uh, and um, it, uh, then they meet these two— and they decide, you know, to go into business uh, together. So the Tri-Cities Beverage Co. made a deal with the Hartman Brothers to bottle Mountain Dew until they were acquired by the Tip Corporation. So this is sort of now we're getting into the the thick meat of the Mountain Dew franchise history.
1: So um, the Tip Corporation is, uh, they sold Tip Soda, which was like a kind of okay uh, cola brand. Uh, Great I think Grape drink. Oh yeah, it's a grape soda. It was a knockoff of grape pet I think was another thing. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they weren't doing fantastically, and uh, even though they acquired the rights to Mountain Dew um, and the formula and the bottles and everything in their deal with the Hartman brothers, uh, Pepsi came out with its own brand of lemon lime soda named Team T E E M. I don't know. Apparently, it's like still sold in Brazil. Really. And because the fam, like, this again, these are close knit regional bottlers that are all independent but still beholden to the larger national brands. So everyone within the tip soda like sphere are actually, um, yeah, team, mm-hmm. are beholden to PepsiCo. They're Pepsi affiliated mm-hmm. bottlers. So mm-hmm. they were forbidden from selling a competing soda. So Mountain Dew gets shelved again. So this is the second time Mountain Dew has failed and the tip soda company is now like, uh, in in hot water, uh, having
2: a rough time, all that good stuff. There is a a, a man named Bill nope. Jones,
1: Bill, the hero of our story,
2: the hero of our mountain dew tale. <laughs> he comes in and he and he he takes a nip of the dew and he
1: says, "I could improve the dew." I I'm technically he um this is this is the this is how I I this is the story I heard. There's actually a few because like once. Being the guy who invented Mountain Dew became, like, a title that you could milk for, like, prestige. A bunch of people have, like, conflicting accounts. But according to Bill Jones's story... He used to
2: um, go into his backyard and explore the caves behind his house. <laughs> oh, no, that's he, Shigeru Miyamoto! I'm sorry. I I get my research crossed from time to time.
1: Uh, he wanted to launch a new soda in order to uh, help revitalize the brand and pay off all the debts that the Tip Soda Company had incurred. And uh, one of the partners said, well, I have all these, like, fucking... Mountain Dew bottles taking up space in my warehouse make it you know, call it Mountain Dew I don't care what you put in it just get these bottles out yeah, of my they way they keep
2: falling on my workers yeah. killing my workers <laughs> I've lost seven workers to these giant mountains of Mountain Dew now are- the
1: one thing that Mountain <laughs> Dew could not be was a lemon lime soda because that would violate the Pepsi arrangement
2: yeah that would fuck Pepsi Co's whole bullshit up as they put it in the fucking weekly council meeting I,
1: it's the cola of a new generation <laughs> fuck your bullshit Pepsi <laughs> <laughs> um so Bill is constantly uh working on formulations in his homemade laboratory. He's uh he used to work in the flavor and extract business so he understands kind of how different chemicals affect soda. And he apparently goes into iteration after iteration after iteration, testing on his own family, they say, testing on his coworkers. They say
2: so. he went clearly mad. <laughs> um, he used to uh, he used to pretend his cats were uh, dead relatives of his, and certain things like that. He was sort of a, a strange man. He tried to uh, build a, a, an airplane. Turned out it was just a car that he stapled wings onto. He was a Jew <laughs>
1: uh, Do you have a citation for that? I'm actually <laughs> I'm looking at my notes, and I didn't I didn't see anything about cat airplanes. <laughs> he, he claims that um, he knew a witch as
2: big as the moon. Uh, but, but everyone said that was probably incorrect as well, because how would you hide such a woman?
1: So over the course of three years, um, Bill kind of settles on a very specific uh, uh, vibe for what he's going for. He wants it to be citrus flavored. He wants it to be reminiscent of, uh, of kind of a fresh orange and he wants it to have a lot of sugar and a lot of caffeine specifically to combat um, the, the 230 doldrums that you kind of get. Uh, like uh, the idea that this is going to be an energy drink because you do need a hook. Um, you know, everything, everything, you know, that was that was going to be the marketing push that this soda packs a punch and that it'll get you through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will recall kind of uh, because of the Mountain Dew thing, it'll recall like a homemade pastoral beverage of some kind. Like, uh, anyway, um, early versions were reportedly had so much caffeine that they would crystal, the caffeine crystals would solidify in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I and, believe
2: it. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And? and?
1: Uh, he used newfangled ingredients such as tartrazine, mm. uh, which is a petroleum derived food dye we now know as yellow number five.
2: Yes, yellow number and, five. We'll get into that in a little bit.
1: And brominated vegetable oil. Which is a, uh, it's uh, any kind of vegetable, oil, cotton, uh, canola, whatever Street you Street name Brahmi V. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which uh, you add a bromine atom into the mix and that lets you alter the density. Uh, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but you can alter the density of the oil, which allows you to kind of suspend little droplets in the beverage and kind of gives it that citrus oil, fresh orange kind of taste, and it makes it cloudy. That's why Mountain Dew's a little bit cloudy, is because there's a chemically altered oil droplets suspended in the sugar water solution.
2: Also, because Mountain Dew smokes weed! <laughs> Mountain Dew smokes weed. <laughs>
1: Mountain Dew smokes weed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the packaging early on had a, a really, I really found this to be highly entertaining. It had a very cartoon, They they used a cartoon hillbilly, um, on the early bottles that were created in 1948, um, and its tagline was "It'll tickle your innards." Um, so, uh, Megan, if you could actually pull up uh, Super du- Super Producer Megan, if you could pull up the uh, first ever Mountain Dew commercial, uh, I just I-, I love this right here. Let's let's take a listen.
0: Oh, beautiful sal was a
1: stone-hearted gal refusing to bill or to coo some little but abner shit right like here to oh, her yeah. everyone's in like burlap tatters gluck, gluck, gluck. Dew! Ah! Dew so this renters, is during the 60s and 70s so bubble. like beverly hillbillies like the hillbilly archetype was just in.
2: Yeah, that was just a big one at the uh, time. How, uh, what's hee-haw? Uh-huh, I, oh, I love This is very, so this ad campaign I wanna is actually, very... I legit want to do an episode on Hee Haw at some point uh, in, in this show's history.
1: The soda immediately becomes popular, and uh, Pepsi buys the formula. They swoop in and buy the formula.
2: Acquires the brand, and then they end up shifting the focus, and again, I love this line right here. Sh- they shifted the focus to a younger, outdoorsy generation. So they got the younger part right to where it is currently, but the outdoorsy part, of course... Very incorrect to today's uh, today's uh, time. But, yeah, so so that's kind of where Mountain Dew starts. Um, should we uh, talk about the storied history of Doritos?
1: I don't know. Let me just get a little. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's orange.
2: Weirdest crossover ever for me. But, but apparently it is said that uh, the Dorito originated at Disneyland. There's, the two co- there's two, two, com- two right? there's yeah. two accounts. There's two different accounts.
1: I like the Disney World version.
2: D- yeah, the Disneyland one's one's a lot Disneyland, of fun. Disneyland, right, right. There's it's a place called uh, Casa de Fritos. Uh, which is now called the Rancho del Zocalo in Disneyland. Um, It's a little restaurant where they used uh, the surplus tortillas and a recipe from a traditional Mexican snack called Totopo. Now, the Totopo is um, the name of a a snack that originates from uh, the uh, Aztecs. Uh, It's a compound of the word tortilla and uh, Tlaxcali plus the word for thunder and means something like tortillas are uh, that are noisy to chew as you okay. just demonstrated to uh, for us all um, now they they sort of put their own little spin on it they they, they created them at Casa de fritos they cut the tortillas up uh, that they had extra fried them up and added some basic seasoning um, either way no matter what the two variances are we'll explain I mean, the tortilla other one.
1: chips is kind of a uh Uh, A classic Mexican like staple because tortillas go uh, stale really quickly. Like uh, basically, anytime you enter a Mexican restaurant, you are having like tortillas that you have to have made in a in a nearby factory. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was like a tortilla factory in my own neighborhood that had like a little kitchen. Uh, In Bushwick that I would eat at all the time. But like tortillas need to be handled fresh. So after a day or two, you can't really use them for your main dishes anymore. So that's why uh, a manager at this Disneyland restaurant was like, why are you throwing away the tortillas? Just cut them up and fry them and you can like, you know, you still get use out of them.
2: Now, there's another variance of that, but either way, uh, no matter which way you slice the tortilla, (laughs) it doesn't matter. There's always going to be one man at the center of all of it, and that is Arch West. Arch West is an American marketing exec who was working for the Frito Company, which soon merged with the H.W. Lay Company to become Frito Lay, which was then later, of course, acquired by PepsiCo in 1965, which is where we get the real true submergence of... Um these two properties. And by the way, um, and we'll get into this later, but I feel like Taco Bell might as well also be the 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 subject of, of the this. The third
1: uh- pillar in this diabetes <laughs> pyramid, to use a weird shitty analogy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so, anyways, uh so his I believe it's his daughter. Yeah, his
1: daughters. Uh, gives he the- was.
2: It was instead he was vacationing with his family in San Diego, California, in 1961 when he noticed customers at a small roadside restaurant eating. Corn chips that had been deep fried, and that's where it came from. But no matter what you want to say that it is, and people have furious debates over this. There was, of course, the slaughter of uh, 1995, where literally three people just straight murdered each other, arguing over the history of. I uh, love that this is a uh, very Dorito.
1: specific, like, uh, uh, white guy kind of story because <laughs> the story of Fritos. There's like a few. I feel like we've covered a few other kind of things where it's like the inventor of the of the of the of the Dorito. Uh, was, was he was he had his brilliant idea when he met the actual inventor of the Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I will steal your idea. Thanks, I'm the inventor <laughs> of the Dorito. <laughs>
2: now, uh, Doritos were released nationwide in 1966, the first tortilla chip to be launched nationally in the United States. I, th- I
1: feel like you just uh, uh, bulldozed a very important detail that actually blew my mind a little when we were doing research. The original flavor of Dorito was nothing <laughs> nothing it tasted like
2: nothing there it's was no just a flavor
1: normal ass tortilla it's just
2: chip a fucking stupid chip well you can go outside and fucking call nancy over and she'll bring any anybody's stupid dumb tortilla chip but what makes to me the tort the the dorito is defined by its cheesiness initially and then it kind of spins off from there in terms of flavorings but okay it started
1: completely completely flavorless um, now there was a, uh, th- I feel like this there was actually kind of a challenge to introduce the tortilla chip in America um, because it was uh, tex-mex food really wasn't as as pan um, omnipresent, I guess as it is now, you know taco Bell, uh, uh, all the fast food places, Chipotle, like all the all the all the little things that made us like now f- uh, that makes Mexican food now a staple alongside Italian food, Chinese food, you know the, the Americanized, Grease categories. <laughs> uh, Tex-Mex was still kind of a, a still still uh, still a new genre. So even though people were familiar with uh, Fritos, those were like made out of whole cornmeal, like extruded corn. Which is uh-huh. in, in the American kitchen, cornmeal was like pretty normal. But- oh,
2: but and the flavor was, uh, by the way, it did have a name. It was
1: toasted corn.
2: Was the name <laughs> of the first flavor that was launched in 1966.
1: Go on. Um. Uh, tortilla chips and Doritos were made of uh, masa flour, which is uh, corn that is treated with uh, an alkaline solution, usually lime, and that like, actually um, unlocks uh, B vitamins and, and makes it more nutritious and also makes it a smoother consistency. Maize means corn. Right. Um, <laughs> funny, f- fun fact, in uh, England, there was a horrific uh, uh, malnutrition plague because people were eating corn without nixtamalizing it, and uh, they were dying of uh, various diseases. <laughs> Tell me another funny <laughs> joke, Jake. Uh, but to <laughs> highlight just how new and like weird it was, like uh, this is a 1966 commercial from the launch of Doritos. Um, that like, and the thing you should, the thing you should pay attention to is. Uh, that they're selling it as like a cool, hip new thing. Yes. Even the tort- back then, yes. And even though this is an audio podcast, uh, I can assure you there are no dips or sauces or seasonings anywhere. All these people are just picking up plain tortilla chips as if they were like an exotic uh, fruit. What's the biggest news since the big beat? Ha-ha. The oh, new beat. They're setting up Anything
0: a surf rock
2: eat. group Doritos.
1: Doritos. <laughs> Beehive housewife just filling a bowl a
0: lightly salted, taste.
1: ooh lightly salted
0: doritos are a swing and latin sort of snack <laughs> swing
2: latin sort of snack i love it. it's like sort of kind of not completely
1: oh my god <laughs> so great what a
0: great combo. With a drinks, great combo. Uh. <laughs>
1: sandwiches just white and bread on white bread solo. Now, here's the thing: is get with a new beat and things to eat. Doritos, new. From so Dorito even though a. it's lame now, that must have been. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> even though it's lame to watch now, that was that was like hit. That was trying to appeal to the youngsters. That was a bold, new, like daring kind of deal. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. tortilla chips were a bold, new, like kind of thing they had and, to
2: like you cool. and they were loud they were loud to yeah. to eat you know and i think that that was a big part of it that made it like kid like
1: yeah right what i don't know what you're talking about
2: <laughs> they they you know they scream when you eat them and it's sort of say they 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 defy the listener to um not hear the crunching <laughs> um also uh the name um dorito derived from is derived from the mexican spanish word doridato meaning golden brown so there you go. We learn something every day. Um, now they did get a little crazy after the year one. Doritos year one, by the way, my favorite Christopher Nolan film. But the the second the second year, 1967, they added a taco flavor uh, 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 Dorito. And um, hey, kids, do you like cumin? So so consumers criticized the snack that because it was marketed as Mexican, but it was not um, spicy enough for Mm. that sort of marketing. So that's when they sort of started. But I think they really hit their stride in 1972 when they started distributing the nacho cheese-flavored Dorito. Now, before we kind of get into the more... Like, because we're about to get into the the sexy, extreme 90s and all of the wonderful marketing that goes into that, all the different flavors. We have so much more to talk about with this subject. And, of course, the relationship the Mountain Dew and Doritos has to gaming. But um, why don't we take a second and, and just talk about our personal relationship to these things, as we always do, Jake. Every week we cover a topic and we kind of give our personal um, – uh, relationship to, to these different things. So, for me personally, I think I uh, when I was a little kid, um, I really loved uh, Mountain Dew for a minute, but then it, I realized it was giving me headaches, so I stopped <laughs> drinking it. But I did like it for a little while. <laughs> I love how you're doing all this foley work, unscrewing the bottle and by up 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 against the microphone. <laughs> right now, Jake, of course, is drinking a diet Mountain Dew. Um, Tastes it, like poison. Yeah, I don't know why you got diet. It's metallic Ugh. in my mouth. Um, and uh, eating some nacho cheese uh, Doritos. I remember when it was nacho cheesier, mm-hmm. but either way, um, but I still to this day love a nacho cheese Doritos. Now I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I'm a bit of a chip purist. I'm real. I'm a I'm a basic B when it comes to my chips. Okay, I like ruffles with ridges, plain lay, like you know, just normal lays. Um, generally, like, like the only flavor I usually go with is maybe a barbecue flavor or Doritos. And I will tell you this every pretty much every time I go to a bodega and get like a deli sandwich, um, which I used to do all the fucking time before, um, I got into a relationship and and Lexi taught me the art, uh, of, of cooking at home. Yeah. Of eating a salad at home and not fucking going to the bodega every time you're hungry. <laughs> uh, and uh, But every time I do that, I almost always get uh, nacho cheese Doritos. I love nacho cheese chips. Uh, bleh, nacho cheese Doritos. They are phenomenal. And, and to this day, I still enjoy them. I... I uh, I don't know when I did it. Maybe a few years ago, I cut sodas out largely. I only have soda. I only have a Coca-Cola when I go to Chipotle, which I did today. Aww. And that was kind of a fun hey-hey for me. <laughs> but uh, normally, I don't really, I kind of cut sodas out. So Mountain Dew, less so for me. But um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still down to do the Dew. Like if someone tosses me a Dew while I'm celebrating on top of a race car, I'm going to fucking down it. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, Jake, how about your personal relationship with Mountain Dew and Doritos,
1: um, I have always enjoyed a Mountain <clears throat> a Mountain Dew. Are you well, getting emotional right now? Ever since I was a fat child, <laughs> I dreamt of becoming a an even fatter man <laughs> today in front of you. I like to I like to celebrate the fact that my blood is poison. <laughs> uh, uh, I, no, Mountain Dew is incredibly sweet. It's incredibly smooth. It's uh, there's very few um, uh, challenging flavors happening there. And it has a caffeine punch that when, when you're a kid, nothing else. I mean, I'm sh- obviously now I guess these days like, kids will just slam a monster energy or something now. But yeah, this was before
2: and we're going to we, there's some stuff to talk about with energy drinks too with Amp and everything, but there there this was like before the big energy drink craze. This was kind of the closest thing you had to Red Bull or Balls if you oh, remember Do you remember yeah. Balls? I remember
1: Balls Guarana. I actually loved Balls. <laughs> Please isolate that audio. Didn't Balls have grippies? It had it had Benoit it? beads all over it. Right? Yeah. So that you, even your shaking
2: hand would be able to uh, grip onto it and, and 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 take more of it. Uh, my
1: nerdiest friend in the entire world is like to this day always has Doritos in his apartment. <laughs> like he would live off them if he could, and that's like part of the fascinating bit of Doritos is just how like they are scientifically engineered to deliver what is a a very nutritious meal uh, simulated. Mm-hmm. Like a plate of nachos has vegetables, beans, meat, fat, like all these, all these things on like a base of tortilla chips. It is primal food, uh-huh. with intermingling flavors, and um, my mouth is watering. Uh, MSG and like and all this stuff going on, and Doritos puts all of that in an orange powder in a fifty cent bag in a foil pouch, and to do that requires an insane amount of science so that you are hungry your body is like i need meat and vegetables and protein and carbs and 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 vitamins and and all this stuff but you reach for the doritos and your brain's like yeah this is good all right close enough <laughs> um, and the way that like it always has to evolve and always has to like revitalize itself with new flavors and new formulas just to like make sure that you're always thinking about doritos Mm-hmm. Is very because it doesn't have um it doesn't have a caffeine. It's not like it's not physically addictive.
2: Do you have a a, a, a favorite flavor of of Doritos? Uh, in the
1: in the nineties, I was one of those Cool Ranch weirdos. Fuck you. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. No, I just, honestly, I was a nightmare person.
2: Seriously, yeah. Fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, it's it's just so tangy. <laughs> It was so tangy. Yeah, more. I couldn't
2: get down with that. I couldn't get down. I mean, the, is Cool Ranch not a thing anymore in Doritos? It's, it's
1: still there. Uh, in Which, by the
2: way, American flavored. If you cool go anywhere, American. yeah, <laughs> Cool American. If you go anywhere else, because that's what we are. We're <laughs> people don't outside of uh, America don't eat <laughs> the nightmare that is ranch dressing on everything. Um,
1: slam! You just slammed to do. I did the do. I did a do.
2: Um, I did a do too, but a different kind of do. We gotta wrap this up because I'm gonna have to I'm seriously have shit in my pants. Um So anyways, this is the fucking most ridiculous I've gotta walk out of the studio.
1: So much fun.
2: That's <laughs> the most ridiculous shit I've ever done.
1: Let's talk about yellow five oh, for oh, a wait. second because we're complete um, pieces of shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other fascinating <laughs> thing uh, about Doritos, I'm just going to end on that on on this point, is um, that uh, in 1992 and 1994 they changed the formulas so that the chips themselves were like thinner, yes, and smaller, and they updated the uh, seasoning formula, and they continue to update the seasoning form. Now they don't make a big deal out of it, but Doritos will like update the ingredients list and like change things all the time. Uh, Mountain Dew claimed it would update the ingredients after like enough countries were like, "Hey, a lot of this stuff is poison." Uh huh. Um, yes. Where they- is it? Uh, oh God! It is. It is the most terrifying. Oh, uh, but when like I don't cons- what happened was tortilla chips became tortilla chips. Everyone yeah. like Doritos did the job. Everyone was familiar with corn masa flour fried chips. So now like when you, I don't consider a Dorito a tortilla chip. It's its own category
2: now. Yeah, it's its own bizarre animal. Well, yes, they. In the, as you said, in 1984, they spent 50 million dollars to redesign Doritos. Um, they did make them thinner, but they also made them larger. That's what so I'm they, they made them 20 percent larger, 15 percent thinner and rounded the edges of the chips. You'd stop cutting your mouth up. And I have noticed a difference that I remember I used to, my mouth would get all ripped to pieces eating some Doritos. Cause you can't be too mindless with them pointy bits. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It was the result of a two year market research study that involved 5,000 chip eaters. That's a lot of chip eaters. It was also given more seasoning, which resulted in a stronger flavor. And I did notice that it got a bit cheesier. Also in 2002, Frito Lay eliminated trans fat from Doritos. That's cool. Yeah. Did, did they um did they get rid of the I'm sure they added 18 other different kinds of fat. Disodium
1: guanolate?
2: I don't think so. Uh, what about still, that still will kill a spider, I believe, if you feed it to it. Yeah, um, I mean
1: it's it's not the it's you know, there's not it's not the actual ingredients that, like, scare me because, like, I know maltodextrin is just, like, some sugary stuff they got out of corn. I'm not like, oh, the children! But, like, it's the sheer number of ingredients that really freaks me out.
2: It's a lot. Now, Doritos, th- they're, like, actual uh, jokes made about how many ingredients <laughs> are found on a package of Doritos because it's so obscene. Because, like, just... there's,
1: yeah, it's everything from the spice mix to the preservatives to the stuff in the cheese powder to the stuff in... There's like 18 different fillers because it it it's, it I mean, has I, to stay fresh.
2: I wrote down the ingredients for Mountain Dew. I did not write them down for Doritos. That's oh. how many there were. So, and speaking of Mountain Dew, for that for the ingredients in Mountain Dew, we've got carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, concentrated orange juice, citric acid, natural flavors, which always throws me off. Like, be more specific. Sodium benzoate, caffeine, sodium citrate. Erythorbic acid gum Arabic, you find that in a lot of stuff. A weird really big word. ethylene diamine Okay, this is my favorite ingredient. Okay. Acid. Yeah. Uh, it's on
1: the label as my favorite sodium- ingredient, by the way, is sodium citrate. Go uh, on, Jake. Uh so <laughs> calcium disodium, E D T A on the label. Uh it says to protect oh, flavor. It I literally would- has to say, like, don't freak out if this is to protect flavor. Dude, I went to I
2: went to Joshua Tree and did some EDTA, (laughs) and I'll tell you what, I saw like all my ancestors. Anyways, keep going,
1: Uh, and that is short for you tried to. I also am going to try and say it because this is this is something that blew my mind. Yeah, Uh, ethylene diamine. Tetraacetic acid. And by the way,
2: that's all one word, and he maybe even made it sound like it's not as long as it looks. Look at this word. It's obscene. It's the most obnoxious word I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, fuck you... Dr. Roger, or whatever the scientist's name is that created the word for this type of acid, what kind of high horse are you living on that you gotta give us a word that's 18 syllables long for a damn acid? Just call it doobie acid, or fucking, you know, um, fucker acid, or something stupid like that with your dumb big words. I got a problem with scientists, Jake. So I'm saying it right now. I
1: don't like them. Well, you'll be thankful for someone who has drank enough uh, Mountain Dew, that, as you have, that EDTA is in Mountain Dew, because... Uh, the brominated vegetable oil, which, again, gives it the cloudy appearance and smooth, like, citrusy flavor, um, and the ascorbic acid and citric acid, which uh, is added to increase, like, the tart kind of acidity of the beverage, <laughs> uh, when they interact with each other, they produce a benzene. Oh, a known carcinogen! Wow,
2: that's crazy. Benzene
1: is bad for you. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. the sodium EDTA was added specifically so the two flavors don't become a bitter cancer juice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and of course, who could forget? Oh, oh! By the way, shout outs to brominated vegetable oil because I didn't get there. And and I'll tell you what, Mountain Dew puts the bro in brominated. <laughs> And uh, then of course yellow 5 aka tartrazine. Now you might remember that if you were a child of the 90s um while you were busy uh watching my so-called life <laughs> and fucking what else did they do in the 90s talking on instant messenger um
1: you I kn- was in my own child grunge band.
2: <laughs> what was the name of your child grunge band?
1: I uh, Diapies in heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, in the 1990s, there was a big rumor circulating that consumption of yellow five, specifically in Mountain Dew, had adverse effects in male potency, testicle and penis size, and sperm count. In
1: other words, it make your dick small, yeah. yo, <laughs> or your testicles small, or your sperm's dumb, or yeah, or your sperm is any, stupid. Anything that a man can feel ashamed of. Now yellow there was would there do. was
2: no documented uh, cases supporting the claim. That tartrazine will shrink a penis or cause it to stop growing. So uh, uh, that that was all kind of rolled back. Now, now I mean I, I I say we get into we get into now now that we've now that I brought up the 90s, mm. we can move on to the many promotional campaigns that we saw from both of these juggernauts of the junk food world, um, and how they became synonymous with gaming. I mean as much as best as we can tell, because the natural evolution. Of these two, uh, these two iconic figures in drunk and junk food, um, it, it kind of was a smooth transition. It was kind of an obvious transition, uh, but of course, the, it was marketed as such all the while.
1: It's uh, the fact is, is that both of these brands are owned by the multi-billion-dollar PepsiCo Corporation.
2: Absolutely, and PepsiCo had a, a also a partnership with Taco Bell. Which was like the the broiest of the you know. I can't
1: remember because PepsiCo owned. Taco Bell, too, but then it spun off, but I think they still do stuff together. I'm not sure. Yum Brands or whatever.
2: Yeah, Yum Brands. So, anyways, I, uh, quick shout-out to Amp Energy, or Mountain Dew Amp, as it was originally called. That was launched in 2001 and changed its name in 2009 to just Amp Energy. Um, 8.4 fluid ounces of Amp contains 74 milligrams of caffeine, which is astounding. I like uh, uh,
1: Mountain Dew Kickstart, which is the yes. weird brand they introduced for, like, drink it in the morning. It's fine. I you have know, it's not sad. I, have, I will
2: read off a list of Mountain Dew flavors oh, at some I'm point. It is obscene. And I didn't even write down all of them. <laughs> it is obscene how many different flavors of Mountain Dew there have been in existence since the 60s. Um, but but I think, um, you know, uh, things really got crazy. Actually, this is more in the 2000s with democracy. Uh, but I absolutely love... Uh, well, actually, before that, we've got... Um, 2004, PepsiCo conducts extensive research to develop a beverage with a taste and color to complement, perfectly complement Taco Bell food products. And of course, you already know what I'm talking of, listener. Baja Blast enters the scene in 2004.
1: So turquoise. Taco
2: Bell was given a 10 year exclusive rights period. You couldn't even get the drink in any of its partnership stores. You could only get it at Taco Bell. It wasn't bottled or anything. The drink was incredibly successful, and many other new beverages were uh, introduced at Taco Bell, including a new Taco Bell exclusive Mountain Dew Sangrita Blast, which is a non-alcoholic sangria-flavored Mountain Dew. That sounds fucking disgusting. Have you tried any of these? By
1: the- I mean, all- I never ate a Taco Bell growing up, so I didn't have the opportunity. What? I was a Jewish. <laughs> I was a Jewish kid. We didn't. We didn't. We couldn't do it.
2: Wait, why was? Why is it's not kosher? Oh yeah, that's true. And if
1: I, I think the one vegetarian item, especially in the 90s was like a bean burrito, which was literally just like a wet envelope of mush. I've
2: brought up my friend Pat many times. Super
1: producer Meg is nodding in agreement that the bean burritos At taco Bell are envelopes of mush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I uh, had my buddy Pat, who I've mentioned, I think before on this podcast in different forms of fashion. I used to usually, generally I would be spending the night at his place on a Friday night in uh, middle of high school. And the Saturday morning ritual, he had a house full of reptiles. He was a reptile. He owned a ton of reptiles and stuff, um, thus leading to a lot of my origins, I feel like. <laughs> this is all a part of my origin story. Um, so on Saturday, the, the thing we would do is we would go to the pet store and get mice uh, to feed to the reptiles. Fine. Mice and crickets. Um, and then we would go to Taco Bell. We'd eat the food in the car. Maybe go to a music store, maybe go to like a a guitar store, and then go home and feed all the mice and eat the Taco Bell. And it was just a big feast in the apartment, just ravenous. So that's how I acquired a taste for Taco Bell. (laughs) I just Um, like
1: the idea of you being like handing out crates, being like, one for you and one for me. Kind of, yeah.
2: It was sort of how that worked. So that was kind of my specific memory of this stuff. Um, I don't really remember ever getting a Baja Blast or not know nothing like that. What about a
1: bottle of gamer fuel?
2: Now, Gamer Fuel comes a little bit later. That's oh, I'm in...
1: sorry. I jumped the gun.
2: No, you're fine. No, you. that was a perfect transition, okay. actually, Jake, until this part. Now it's bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the name of a new flavor introduced in 2007 coinciding with the release of Xbox 360's Halo 3. It had Master Chief on the label, and two years later they did promotional bottles for World of Warcraft. They promoted two different player races in the game. Citrus berry flavor from before along with a new wild fruit drink. There are so many times they rolled out this gamer fuel thing for Mountain Dew. Call of Duty's Modern Warfare 3 had a gamer fuel campaign in 2011. Halo 4 got one. Dead Rising 3, Forza Motorsport 5, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Titanfall 2, Middle Earth, Shadow of War, and Forza 7, even still today, are getting Gamer Fuel bottles. I mean, it's perfect. Look at the bottle. It's fucking Xbox colored. It's the most beautiful, perfect marriage of anything. I mean, the, the Microsoft must have just been like, I think they chose... Green for their shit because of Mountain Dew and not the other way around.
1: I mean, Mountain Dew does look like something that came out of a video game. It is for sure, cool. it is fluorescent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is yeah, it's nuka Cola if I've ever seen it. This might uh give us insight into how uh Mountain Dew and Doritos ended up uh becoming intertwined with the uh world of video games in a internal uh, pr- or not in a uh, press release by the PepsiCo Corporation called Winning with Video Games. Uh, PepsiCo brands are successfully partnering with leading video game platforms to promote products among video game enthusiasts. The worldwide video game industry forecasted to reach $111 billion by 2015. PepsiCo brands are partnering with leading video game platforms to promote products among gaming enthusiasts, a coveted target market, and reinforce its position within entertainment pop culture. Here are just some of the ways. And then it just goes into... frito Lay's is continuing the partnership with... Uh, Activision to promote uh, Skylanders. Pepsi Max is uh, teaming up with EA Sports to make uh, NFL uh, 2014 covers. Uh, Mountain Dew and is teaming up with Xbox. Like They just understand that younger males maybe can't cook or take care of themselves. They enjoy extreme stimulation. Um, You're talking
2: about masturbation?
1: In a way. <laughs> in a way, I'm always speaking of it. Um and especially the habits that they develop as younger people will continue into adulthood, uh, especially the fact that, uh, you know, at, th- at that age, you're not even a coffee drinker yet. So, like, if you can get hooked on caffeine, all the better. And in addition to that, you are the most we kind of covered this. This is going way, way back. Um, Don't bring that up. I'm just saying if you were to travel backwards <laughs> through time, through the magic of podcasting. Do not awaken that ancient beast, Jake. The fact is, is that young dudes are especially responsive to kind of rebellious identity advertising. I Remember that Simpsons joke about how there's uh, subliminal, liminal, and superliminal? <laughs> so like the superliminal, like, hey, buy Doritos. Hey, buy Xbox. You're gamers. You're cool. Buy them. Uh, that was, like, the level one to get it involved. But I feel like what really made Mountain Dew and Doritos uh, just a permanent part of gaming culture was a little incident in 2012 that made it not just, not just like, a funny thing in the periphery, but a full-on meme.
2: So I believe you were talking about Dorito Gate
1: mm-hmm.
2: or Doritos Gate. I'm sorry. Um, so there was an incident. Um, there was a gaming journalist named Jeff Keeley. Uh, and he did like an interview about. I think he's talking about Halo Four and some other
1: things. I mean, Jeff Keeley is more than just a journalist. He's oh, kind yeah. of a uh, he's a he's a he's a games for sh- media for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean he d- he produces the the
2: gaming awards. Yeah. Um, every year. Uh, he he's 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 like a, a kind of a he's a face of gaming in a str in like an, in like a in, a in a big way. Yeah. You know. Uh, And he he did this interview and he's got, to the left and right of him, he's got ads for Mountain Dew and literally like like six bottles of like Code Red and like big bags of Doritos right next to him, you know, all propped up like perfectly like, you know, an ad.
1: And in a good press junket uh, where, you know, these are multi-million dollar movie studios with multi-million dollar PR firms and, you know, an entire art form to like seamlessly incorporating promotions and ads – into existing things, like you'll you'll see that you'll see that like I don't know Samuel L. Jackson is like interviewing with Entertainment Tonight and there's just like a, a very tastefully placed like Heineken bottle behind him or something. You know, mm-hmm. there's
2: there's ways to do this. This one was like yeah, or it was just sitting in a in void and these face. two
1: standees just of of like I, like the table was, like this comically small table with a tower of Doritos on yeah. it. It's just yeah, it was just.
2: It's, it's it, funny looking. It's, it's funny looking. It
1: spoke to like the rank crass amateurness of of how far games media needs to go.
2: Right, right. And and uh, writer Rab Florence uh, posted an article online criticizing uh, games journalism, using this as an example. That was on Eurogamer.net. And he was th- they were threatened with legal action. They had to remove parts of the article. It mm-hmm. was this whole crazy back and forth. This um, was also
1: uh, uh, kind of on the – like still the memory of the uh, Kane and Lynch fiasco mm-hmm. over – that ended up creating giant bomb. Yes,
2: which I uh, I that story. We we'll, we'll, we'll have to do an episode on on giant bomb I think at one point. That's Oh, that'd be fun. My, my favorite p- personal favorite podcast uh besides this one cuz I listen to our own podcast uh, on the regular. Oh, I listen listening dancing. to my own voice.
1: Sell it. <laughs> Sell it. <laughs> Hire me giant bomb. I'm right here. I'm holding McNeil. Go on. I mean, they should. You're. <laughs> I, I would. That'd be fun. That'd be good. <laughs> um. But uh. What was I gonna
2: say? And then the Dorito Pope meme. Which just look it up. Uh. Because it's pretty hilarious. They they uh gave him a Pope hat and all this stuff. I also want to say. Um. I I met Jeff uh, Keeley recently. He's like a really nice guy. Um. He had no reason to be so nice to me. He answered all of my obnoxious questions about Kojima. Uh, <laughs> like what's Kojima like, and um, uh, you know, what does
1: Shik Hydro Man smell like?
2: <laughs> um, so anyways, and I told him all about this podcast, and so um, if you're listening, Jeff, uh, uh, thank you um for for uh for being such a nice guy. Um, but and it's
1: it's uh, but it's-, it's not it's not like he,
2: it's not like him being like a bad guy in this situation. I feel like as much as it's just like.
1: It just it highlighted it a this glaring per- flaw within the game's well, world. It's not like he
2: set up that stand of Mountain Dews and bags of Dorito. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he could have been like, uh, "Get this shit out of here. This is like ridiculous." But I mean, besides that, I mean, whatever. It's really the PR people I think surrounding him, you know, that, that made a big gaff with that.
1: But it's 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 the taint of it. It's like the weird like memification of it directly between the asshole and the balls. Yes, <laughs> uh, that ended up making it a, a, a in joke, a meme. So like in, um, you know, in Call of Duty compilation videos, there'd be like Mountain Dew logos and Doritos running every, like flashing along with the air horn sounds, 360, no scope, whatever. Uh, When uh, Overwatch uh, started coming out, the character of Diva became Gremlin Diva.
2: Diva came out. There was a, a d- uh, she's the uh, Starcraft professional Starcraft player that that runs around inside of a giant mech in uh, Overwatch. She's actually my main. Um, so the moment the emote came out, I got it like immediately. <laughs> it was the she's the chibi style. Uh, cartoon characters started coming out of her um, portrayed as a stereotypical gamer um, eating a bunch of Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew. And then Blizzard themselves released an emote for her and an update that you could um, like purchase in the store with in-game uh, money where uh, she could she would uh, be um eating Dor- Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew and playing a video game inside of her Mac, which uh, is the best, and I love it. And anyways, that, that was a big
1: thing. And uh, to this day, Mountain Dew has uh, various eSports teams that it promotes. It oh, is yeah. an active presence at any major gaming event. Because And so it's, it's, it's inescapable. It's kind of a shorthand insider. You know, it's what gamers always do is they take the thing – that they're derided for, or like, is an uh, is a bad stereotype, and wear it as a badge of honor.
2: Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, it's it's wonderfully hilarious. I mean, people I-
1: always joke that someday there's going to be Mountain Dew flavored Doritos.
2: Well, uh, that happened. Oh, they did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh it no! Was, in 2008 Doritos debuted a mystery flavor with quests with prizes being given as puzzles were solved and the miss so, so the fans had to kind of it was like one of those kind of guerrilla marketing like fans had to solve different an puzzles ARG and stuff.
1: based around chips
2: exactly and the mystery flavor ended up being Mountain Dew so that did actually occur in 2008 um, in 2009 Doritos released some new flavors under the banner Doritos Late Night there were Tacos at Midnight and uh, Last Call Jalapeno popper they also modified there was the x13d flavor experiment um, where black unidentified bags of doritos were on the market for consumers to identify that and name the flavor the only flavor identification on the chips was all american classic um, so they used that um, uh, and changed the name of that to all nighter cheeseburger <laughs> in 2010 they launched uh, the spicy flavors you got blazing jalapeno jalapeno fire fiery buffalo and scorching habanero In 2011, a uh, uh, Tapatio hot sauce flavor was released. Uh, Canada ran a vote for flavors, which we'll get into with democracy in just a bit. Because that's the thing that I think these two have a lot in common. Like an obscene amount of flavor variations for the product. Because you
1: w- have to keep people, you have to keep the novelty up. You have to keep right? people interested. And I mean, they really love getting goofy with it in, a,
2: in really fun ways. I mean, just the phrase democracy is hilarious. So. I liked
1: the limited edition flavor they released where um, it was Mountain Dew Code Red, Mountain Dew, whatever, yes. White Lightning. Yes. And uh, Mountain that Dew. That was democracy. Uh, but they released a uh, a mixture of all three. And Typhoon. Do you know what they called it? Uh, Red, white, and Dew. Red, white, and Dew.
2: <laughs> and on the other end of that, they had um, uh, Doritos Roulette, where one in every seven chip would be incredibly spicy um, in the bag. They also, Canada ran a vote for two flavors. It was onion rings and ketchup and blazing buffalo and ranch.
1: Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Holden, I'm so sorry. I got the name of the flavor wrong. Oh, what was it? It was not red, white, and dew. It was was dew SA. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please stop writing your angry emails right now.
2: Um, To coincide with the 50th anniversary of Taco Bell, Doritos and Taco Bell partnered to form the Doritos Locos Tacos, which was introduced in March 8, 2012. That was huge. That swept the fucking nation.
1: Doritos Locos Tacos are still one of Taco Bell's best-selling
2: items. It is a a straight-up Doritos-style shell for your taco, which was like massive. Also, I love this one. Um, A new line of Doritos that were 40% larger than the normal Doritos were introduced in March of 2012. You know what they were called? Doritos jacked uh-huh. so it just thing just immediately I imagine just like a <laughs> big just like uh, just like a Dorito lifting like massive weights and then we have democracy and all the different flavor variations of that and I can't wait I'm gonna as quickly as possible run through all these different flavors and things but democracy was a campaign that was launched in 2007 that held a public election to name new flavors as you recently just said Um, it was uh, actually one of the earliest and longest-running examples of a con- consumer product brand employing crowdsourcing to make decisions. Uh, I remember uh, M&M's had the same thing. Remember the M&M's? Oh, yeah, you like, had to vote for vote the new for color. Vote for the new color,
1: yeah. And it I still th- breaks my heart that blue one. Yeah, me too. I was fucking pissed, too. I don't know why I did. It just Blue is work. unfortunate. It's an unfortunate color. Blue is just boring. I don't know. The
2: other ones were more interesting. I feel like the other colors they were that were out there. But anyways, um, I agree, Jake. Fuck that bullshit. So anyways, um, the 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 voting was uh, conducted via an online game. They had three different choices to choose from: Supernova, which was a strawberry melon flavor; uh, Revolution, which was a berry flavor; and Voltage, as a raspberry citrus flavor. Um, which uh, I believe won, Voltage one and was officially released the day after my birthday, December 29th, 2008. Democracy 2 launches in 2009. There were um, just dip more online voting methods, um, and also the Do Labs community, which was a private online forum for the most passionate Do fans. They all received. La, uh, uh, 50 Do Fanatics, rather, from that were chosen based on their video submissions to the video website, 12seconds.tv, and were shipped boxes of the seven prototype flavors. Three flavors were chosen from the seven that's Distortion, Typhoon, and Whiteout, which is the one you were talking about. So you were referencing democracy too. Um, you made me learn this. I didn't, I, you know what? I feel like we've learned a lot. <laughs> You've got Fan du um, and Back by Popular Doomand, uh, which was in 2011. Pitch Black was the Back by Popular du Pitch Black was, I guess, a, a popular one as well. That, that came back along with Supernova and Typhoon. There's Dub the Do, of course, Notorious. And again, talking about, like, internet and you know that this was one of the w- the ones that was hijacked by 4chan. Uh, Dub the Dew was an online campaign to name the next Mountain Dew, but uh, of course, all the options that were voted on ended up being diabetes, Fapple, Bill Cosby sweat, gushing granny, <laughs> and other ones that were even more offensive that I didn't want to uh, necessarily. But even when they're out. being
1: trolled, even when they're being like the butt of jokes and memes, uh, there's I'm reminded of an Oscar Wilde quote, Holden. Yeah? There is only one thing on earth worse than being talked about. Not being talked about.
2: Oh, I figured it was um, having a picture of you sucking your own dick, getting passed around to different offices and sort of political junctions.
1: I mean, still, you're still, your name is still on their lips. <laughs> uh, decision 2016.
2: decision 2016 was a vote between Baja Blast and Pitch Black. Pitch Black won the fucking shit out of that contest. Is now a permanent member of the lineup. You want to know here, let me just read off a list that I put together of Mountain Dew flavors. Okay, you ready for this? <clears throat> let me know if any of these tickle your memory bank a little bit. Caffeine Free, Diet, Code Red, Live Wire, Pitch Black, Baja Blast, Game Fuel, Voltage, Throwback, whiteout Out, Electric Apple, Solar Flare, Black Label, White Label, Goji Citrus, Strawberry, Kickstart Fruit Punch, Kickstart Orange Citrus, Kickstart Black Cherry, Kickstart Pineapple Orange Mango, Kickstart Blood Orange, Kickstart Watermelon, Kickstart Blueberry Pomegranate, Kickstart Midnight Grape, Kickstart Raspberry Citrus, too many Kickstart dues. Mango Lime, Ice, Kickstart Original, Kickstart Ultra, Golden Lime, Aurora, Red, Sport, Dry Ginger, Dew Fuel, Citrus Smooth, Darth Dew... Dew Pitch Black 2, MDX, Kryptonite Ice, Iced, Max Air, Max Air 2, Revolution, Supernova, Game Fuel, Alliance Blue, Ultraviolet, Thin Ice Freeze, Max Air 3, Cherry Fusion, Distortion, Typhoon, Grape, Lemon, Lime, Johnson City Gold, Dew Shine, Spiked Lemonade, Holiday Brew. A good game to play, by the way, with um, friends and family at home. Uh, Mountain Dew flavor or street name for drug?
1: Um, in conclusion, uh, the fact is is Mountain Dew has uh, stayed as the number four best-selling soda in America for decades. People have tried to come at them. Mellow Coca-Cola has tried repeatedly with Mellow Yellow and Surge. Remember the giant ad campaigns for Surge? Yes. Never unseated it. Uh, Sundrop by uh, the Dr. Pepper Company, which technically came first, but let's not get into that. Uh, Never made it. Mountain Dew, a solid fourth behind only Coke, Pepsi, and Diet Coke. Um, And uh, Doritos is also... Uh, the second best-selling snack uh, in the Frito-Lay portfolio, second only to Lay's potato chips, which is the most ubiquitous thing you can buy at, a, at any s- supermarket on Earth. And uh, Arch West, the creator of the Dorito, uh, was uh, he died recently uh, in 2011, and uh, he was buried with a uh, sprinkling of Doritos <laughs> on his grave. That's
2: the saddest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> heard in my fucking life. You're crunching with the angels done. It's over. This is done. We're never doing this again. I'm so
1: glad we finally got to do it. Thank you for indulging.
2: Thank you so much. Um, If you enjoyed the show, uh, check out our Patreon, whizbrew.com forward slash, no, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Also, this is our last episode with Super Producer Megan. Thank you so much for all of the work you've done with us, for us, and everything in between. Thank you.
1: Thank you guys. It's been so much fun to
2: record with you and work on these shows together and watch like, you know, everything just grow and become awesome. I uh, hell now. I appreciate you working with me so much and I love you both to pieces. Aww. Thank you. Thank you so much. The feeling is absolutely mutual and what a hell of an episode to go out on. I mean, <laughs> is this, where do we go from this fucking bullshit train? When I'm right gone, here? please um, sprinkle some Doritos on me as I walk out <laughs> the door. Um, ch- check me out uh,
1: twitch.tv forward slash Ho. You can follow me on Twitter at bestjakeyoung. Do the do, y'all. Before the do does you. <laughs> That's an old Eugene Merman bit. Sorry. <laughs>
2: 911, what's your emergency?
0: I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. This is why you watch 7 News at 5. This breaking story is happening as we speak to get breaking news from the alert desk. When I know about it, you'll know about it first. So you're always connected with what's happening now, only on 7 News at 5.